Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to another special bonus edition of the Rabona podcast. This evening, Ryan Hunt and I, Musa Kong, will be rounding up Champions League action this week. Let's get straight into it. Your boys are out. My boys? No, Manchester United. We're still in. Oh, I thought I'm talking about Atleti. I know, I know. I was trying to hide the pain. Atletico Madrid are out. A team oh. I was rooting for alongside United uh, in this tournament. In abject circumstances. I mean... They were not good. They evaporated. They were not good at all. I was I mean, really disappointed with them, actually. It almost went out in a cliched fashion. Like, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat-trick against them dominated them like almost sort of bullied them in the air mm. and highlighted i think problems that unfortunately have been a long time coming for Atleti. the central defense is very resilient this year but has wobbled at strange times mm. and actually this result was almost foreshadowed by the 4-0 when Atleti got absolutely run off the ground against Borussia Dortmund before christmas and that result actually looking back was significant there were yeah. cracks yeah Passive Atleti, didn't seem to have ideas, have not actually integrated Tom Lassamar into the team at all this year. Yeah, it's a shame that. And he was the big buy for them. He was the guy that was meant to elevate them and make And he's such a talent. Yeah. He's such a talent and he's such a, a brilliant attacking player. It was a shame, I think, to see Atleti not revert to type, but I thought Simeone kind of missed the trick a little bit. The way he set them up really invited that kind of pressure and um, momentum from Juve, especially because the crowd was so hype as well. Right. Does Simeone know how to play attacking football to the same level that he knows how to play wonderfully defensive, highly efficient counter-attacking football? Yeah. I mean, that's Can he point. play on the front foot? This is the challenge. And he's been trying to, I think, move towards that. That's why he brought Lamar into the team. But funnily enough, looking at the, the setup, and not to second guess, but I remember looking at the team going, Wow, this is a thoroughly conventional four four two. Yeah, that they started with, and was there a lack of, dare I say, it, attacking sophistication from Atleti? Well, I mean, the thing is, for me, I mean, you saw it with Manchester United last week against PSG. The importance of getting that goal away, right? You know, one goal for Atleti would have killed that game. I think. Yep. I think it would have killed the tie. I think it would have killed the game. I think if they'd scored before Juve, I don't think Juve like so. would remotely come back into that game. Right, and. 
that's the confusing thing for me because they've got the players to do that and they just didn't create. They didn't create anything. Yeah. It was it well, was bizarre. Can I just actually, let me get straight into this. I have to say it. I just can't get excited about anything Cristiano Ronaldo does on a football field anymore. 124 goals in the Champions League. You know, I should be ecstatic about this. I, I'm a United fan. He's someone who I watched come of age for United and it's been wonderful. You know, those years at United were great. But these allegations, there's a very good piece by Sam Borden um, for ESPN about, it's called Six Months After Ronaldo Was Accused of Rape, Why Is the Case in Legal Limbo? And the discussion about the difficulty that the woman bringing the allegation to the legal team had so much trouble serving Ronaldo with these papers and the process is so difficult, various reasons. And I just can't get, and I'm not going to lie, I just can't get excited about it. And, you know, I know that it's, we're here to talk football, but this issue has intruded so much. It just feels a bit icky. It whole yeah. thing feels a bit... Yeah, just, and I just had to say that because, you know, it's not... Yeah, This guy is undoubtedly one of the greatest footballers of all time. Without question. And the achievement, you know, hat-trick to get his team from behind into the Champions League quarterfinal, astounding. Two against Atleti in Champions League and yeah. two hat-tricks. Unbelievable. And Ronaldo taking a penalty in that scenario to to, to put them through. Against one against arguably the best goalkeeper in the world, yeah. Black. Unbelievable. You wouldn't... You yeah. never once doubted that was going to happen. But the whole thing just feels a little bit flat for me. And that's what that says so much, doesn't it? Because we love football and we love comeback stories. Yeah. We love the resilient, you know, all of that. So we sh- I should be ecstatic. If I'm being perfectly honest, I don't really know what the right way around this is. I mean, read it for yourselves. There's a great piece. Um, like I say, Sam Borden, surname uh, spelled B-O-R-D-E-N, uh, ESPN Global Sports Correspondent wrote a piece about this. And Borden was following up on a piece written in Der Spiegel the article was written by Der Spiegel staff and it's titled New Documents Emerge in Ronaldo Rape Allegations. Please read that and form your view. But I've read everything that's come out about this so far and all I can say is it is extremely grim. Yeah. Um, anyway, but that, that, that being said, Juventus, a club with a, you know, a great heritage in this competition and looking at the Champions League now is interesting. We'll get into the next games now. We have this really fascinating blend of clubs with a rich heritage in the Champions League who have been strong for years. And clubs kind of resurgent. I think Miguel Delaney said that Real Madrid and Bayern have featured in so many of the late stage games. And now both of them are out. And also it's the first time that there's been four English sides in the quarterfinals since 2008-2009. So 10 years, basically. And that speaks to the strength of those clubs. I mean, we look at how close the title race is. Not the title race, but how good the top six has been in the Premier League. Like Those are are really strong sides. And it's Mm. important to say that. I mean, they're very well-resourced sides, but they're well-coached. They're very well-coached. You know, even Chelsea, Sarri has struggled this year at points, but at points, Sarri, I mean, at points, Chelsea looked better than Liverpool, like for Mm. that weird, like two, three-week period. So that's a reflection of how strong those top six sides are, not just financially, but tactically. You know, luck of the draw plays a a big part. Yeah. I think, you know, City were always going to go through against Schalke. I think you saw... The gap, I mean, on Tuesday night, 7-0 at home. I think it's the, the the biggest defeat a German side has suffered in the Champions League ever. Right. I think Tedesco's in trouble, big trouble at Schalke. John Harding on Twitter at JohnBlog66 was saying how the dressing was split, apparently, for and against Tedesco. And unfortunately, when you've got a schism like that, I don't think Tedesco is long for this world. No. But from the City side, massively positive. I thought Raheem Sterling was absolutely brilliant. Again. Since the incident at Chelsea and his oh, the racial abuse, sta- yeah, yeah, and his yeah. statement about it, I'm not saying that his form's picked up because I think he's always been playing well. If I'm being honest, I don't mm. think. I mean, yeah, he's had a couple of rough patches of form, but I don't think he's playing at a massively higher level than he was before. But something seems to have um, 
He really seems like a massive weight has been lifted freedom. from him. Yeah, he's playing loose in a good way. Like that's he's playing it. Loose. That's that's it. That's perfect way of saying it. Yeah. And I, I weirdly, I look at when he came out from the World Cup and scored that beautiful strike mm. against Spain, and just he's been moving through the gears. I was looking at his um, goal ratio. And it's just exploded under Guardiola. Guardiola has fully got the best from him. He's amazing. And he's his un- assist as well. Like yeah. his playmaking is really good. Like his assist yeah. for Aguero's first was Unbelievable. just... Uh, well, Aguero's second, sorry. Yeah. Was just... It was so cool. I mean, we were saying before that he would have been totally within his rights just to have like pulled a cigarette out of his out of his socks and just leant against the post and just been like... <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, absolutely. Just like, you go, I got this, don't worry. And then you've got you've got Sterling playing out of his mind, and then you've got Sané, four <laughs> assists. I mean, the pass, if you get a chance, if you haven't seen the highlights, uh, listeners, then check out the pass that Sané plays for Sterling's goal, the oh. half volley. Oh, my goodness. To think that Joachim Löw felt Germany could do without Sané. And here's the thing. Here's oh, the thing. how can, wrong he was. Can I get into this as well? Because the talk we heard about Sané was, he doesn't combine, he can't come inside and play interior. Not being funny, but I saw Sterling, assisted by Sané, from hmm, an inside left position. It's almost as if Sané can drift inside and play the ball into space really well. But no, the criticism of Sané was, oh, uh, well, in the dressing room, he's not the best. You know, he doesn't really communicate well. Not being funny, buddy. Not to name the guy that I don't want, you know, I don't want to cuss you on the internet, so I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say you said that. You can Google it yourself. But a particular senior German international said that Sané was not great in the dressing room. And we can now see from the fallout, the German dressing room itself was the problem. You're referring to someone that... I'm not referring to that person. I'm just saying that person <laughs> who is still in the Germany team. <laughs> oh, wow. But that pass ended up with an incredible finish from Sterling as well. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. goal. It's such a good finish. It's such a good finish. It's so good. Like, City were brilliant. I mean, you know, Schalke were decent-ish in the first leg, I think, but they're just not at City's level, unfortunately. No. And um, nice to see Phil Foden get a goal as well. And, well, I mean, yeah. everyone, didn't, pretty much everyone scored last uh, on Tuesday. Well, we talked before about going around the keeper and Phil Foden, old yeah. school, the shuffle, the Ramsey shuffle. Yeah, you said big goal for him, that. I think you're right. I love it because it put him in the frame it put him on the people on the, on the radar. I mean, because unfortunately, there's so much great stuff that Foden does, but it's not always rewarded in goals. And a goal like that, in a game like that, as late as, you know, it was like the sixth or seventh goal, but a goal like that, as late as that, it's still, it just shows you that this guy's coming through and it gives him confidence. And, and Guardiola actually might see him as a great option yeah. late in a game, in a tight game in Champions League now. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, I think going into the rest of the season, Guardiola's going to have to rotate that squad, especially if they're not going to get De Bruyne back. Right, you know, I mean, I don't know how long he's out for, but um, will he get a game? Well, I mean, fit, the thing is, I think the thing about Leroy Sané, he's really stepped up in the absence of De Bruyne, and I think what Man City have now is kind of no fear when David Silva, yeah, steps back from his role when De Bruyne is out. Bernardo Silva and Leroy Sané are, are just extraordinary, unbelievable options. And I think Bernardo Silva, for me, is, has been probably City's best player this season, but I, I wouldn't put Leroy Sané too far, far behind. Yeah. too far behind at all. So yeah, they're through. Yeah. Uh, who else went through? Barca. Barca went through. My word. I mean, Leo Messi doesn't just orchestrate. He writes the parts and he plays the parts. And can I actually talk about you know his first goal, first of all? The Penenka, right? I should probably write something for a Bonner about this, but I'll just talk about the Penenka. Messi floated a Penenka down the middle and the keeper sat down and there's probably almost enough time to get up and slap it away. 
Yeah, that, same, as like, same as the Suarez one in the Classico. But here's the thing. I'm so. seeing so many Penencas we've seen now. This is why I have to talk about this. Aguero got one yep. against Schalke. Glorious. Hazard put one over Edison in the um, Carabao Cup final. We've just seen a cluster of these. And I think maybe what's happening is people are studying game tape. Goalkeepers are getting smarter. So it's becoming much more gladiatorial, the penalty. And the Penenka is actually a really great extra way to beat someone. But this is a golden age of them. We've seen like really high pressure Penenkas. And also like Rashford is not a Penenka, but it went high. Like we've seen mm. such confidence in finishing now from the spot. And just another one in Messi's arsenal, I think. Yeah, you say that the, the keepers probably have enough time to get up and get them. But I think, you know, when your pride gets that wounded, I think it takes an extra, <laughs> yeah. an extra few microseconds. To, there, needs to be an advert. <laughs> there needs to be an advert actually where a keeper gets Penenkered, right? And he falls in slow motion. And then leans against the post and takes out a cigar and just watches the Penenka float past him. He's like, happiness is a cigar. And all the players run past him. He's just leaning, going, oh, you know. Choose your battles. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think, would be a good advert. Try that. Um, Coutinho scored. Very happy for him. He was good, actually. He was good. And he started with real intensity. A lot of Barca, unnamed fans, unnamed members of Barca Twitter were very concerned about his inclusion. I understand because he's been struggling. This is a big game for him. He started in the position which I think it, it suits him, the position that he was really good in at the World Cup and produced him as better form for, sort of mm. wide forward. And yeah, look, look the part at the right time. And, you know, Dembele scored again, which is great. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Gerard Piquet lumbering forward like the cool <laughs> right. uncle. Can I, can I say, is there, right, there's literally the best thing in football is, well, no, there's two actually. The top two best things in football, number two, I'll do them in reverse order is the keeper going up for a corner. Amazing. Right? I'm here for it. And the only thing that betters a keeper going up for a corner is a keeper running back after going up for a corner. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. But then number three is Barcelona counter-attacking and Gerard Piquet is the furthest man forward. Amazing. Wandering forward, yeah. Like to the point where he's <laughs> like, offside. Yeah. We said that like, he's like, um, we, I don't know if anyone has played Sunday League. Um, unfortunately, we both have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Usually at Sunday League, well, not usually, but a lot of the time you'll have the centre-back is probably the best player on the pitch because he was someone who might have played centre-midfield semi-professionally or something like that, and he dropped back into centre-back because he just doesn't need the hassle anymore. And uh, at some point in the second half, he will go, cover me. And all of a sudden, he will just decide, I'm going up for a minute. He's going PK, to... I mean, yeah, he finished uh, a superb counter. And he finished the ball, he was eight yards out by the time he got to And it's so funny just watching him peg it because he's actually deceptively quick. As he's got older, I just really like him. Like, I just find him really entertaining. And the trophy cabinet as well. I mean, that guy, yeah, you can't, the memories that guy will have, man. Can't really mess with his medals. You really can't. So next round's looking really interesting. Well, because Liverpool have just achieved a sensational result. Yeah, so Michael was at the Allianz. We're going to get Michael on the phone in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, Bayern are out. Real Madrid are out. Atletico Madrid are out. PSG are out. I just got a tweet from <laughs> John Schwarzloser at Twitter at JST2. And he said, PSG still the best team in Europe? Question emoji. <laughs> Amazing. They don't let you miss a trick these lot. I saw a good tweet from Nick Harris. Quarterfinals, Barcelona versus Ajax, Spurs versus Porto, Manchester United versus Juve, Liverpool versus Manchester City. And then brackets, or in fact, any permutation will be brilliant. Yeah, no, true. They're, they're all going to be like, anyone can get it. Do you know what I would like next? Juve Ajax. That is so pure. Juve Ajax is so pure, mid-90s, but also just historically, it's so pure. It even sounds nice, Ajax Juventus. Uh, should we go for a quick break before we give Michael a call? Yeah, sounds great. Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. 
We're back from the break and we're joined by Michael De Silva, the roving reporter, editor at large. Well, the actual editor, <laughs> but he's roving in Munich. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going over there? How's it been? Live from Munich. My goodness, it's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, quite a night for Liverpool. The uh their fans are just milling around this entire stadium. The Bayern fans, I think they went home on 80 minutes. Uh, <laughs> when they were streaming out. It was uh, a They haven't really seen the like of this kind of result for, for a long time. I think I heard it was 2011 when they last went out in the last 16. So it's kind of a shock to the system for them. Right. It was quite odd, I thought, from Bayern. It was, it was a, yeah. you, you didn't really get that kind of surge in pressure like they usually do absolutely i mean i think the first thing to say it was incredibly low quality game yeah um, the ball was just bouncing around from one one team to the next and neither team really i mean i felt like even liverpool didn't they can't really look back especially on the first half and say that they really had a proper grip of it um but yeah Bayern had a spell i think for about five ten minutes in the first half where you thought well maybe they can do something but in truth they never they never got Lewandowski into the game. Um, he's always going to be their main threat. And, you know, Van Dijk has to take a lot of credit for that, I think. Absolutely. I mean, Lewandowski wasn't in the game. And a part of that is Hamas Rodriguez, who I was surprised by. He was very committed, actually, defensively, like slide tackles and pressing high, but never seemed to knit the attack together. You know, Hamas Rodriguez, he is actually an underrated, deep-lying midfielder. He doesn't quite get enough credit what he can do in a deeper position. But I, I don't think Kovac really rates him or likes him as like an attacking midfielder, which I personally find very bizarre. Um, I think, especially with Goretzka on the bench, you want to see Hamas as far forward as possible, really supporting Lewandowski, because that's exactly what they were, they, they were missing. And against a Liverpool team who have, you know, that, that bank of three midfielders who... At least two of them, Milner and Wijnaldum, just are happy to sit. You need someone that's going to go toe-to-toe with them. And I just felt like Bayern were, were just on the back foot too much, And if, especially Hamas. And if he had got on the ball a lot more, move forward, I think it could have been, it could have been a more fruitful night for them. But yeah, they just they never looked in it. And to be honest, I think Bayern are, they're a team in need of major surgery, I think. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask you, actually, Michael, is that it felt very much like, even though this feels like it's been coming for a while, that golden era of Bayern that we've been seeing over the last however, long even though they may yeah. still go on and win the Bundesliga it just seemed like a completely yeah. different buy-in you know there was a lot of uh, Twitter football banter going around saying you know certain teams got hammered 10-2 by this team but we were just saying it's a different team it's essentially a completely different team in terms of mentality and in terms of skill set and almost in terms of personnel as well do you think that this is kind of really an eye-opener for them you've seen a lot of buy-in you've been to a lot of buy-in games you cover them a lot do you think this is really going to force Hernes and Rummenigge's hands now. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, perhaps the most damning thing is that you can you can look at the number of Bayern players that should remain or deserve to remain in the team at the highest level. You can count them on one hand. There's, there's a fewer of those than there are players that need replacing. You know, I think they really missed Joshua Kimmich tonight. His energy down the flank would have offered something different for them. Um, but, you know, I think Manuel Neuer as well. I, think his, I don't think it's just Germany where his time might be up. I, I think he's in terminal decline. He didn't cover himself in glory for that goal at all. He was here speaking to the press and he was saying that, you know, he was trying to 
cover the run of Mane, um, but it was just an amazing finish that beat him. Yes, it was a great finish, but if Neuer doesn't commit himself in that way and overcommit himself, then the opportunity isn't even there in the first place. So I have big reservations over the future of Neuer, but he's one of several Bayern players who, as you say, didn't cover cover themselves in glory and I can't see Bayern I mean yes they, they could win the Bundesliga but there's there's a big big difference between the quality in the Bundesliga and what we saw from Liverpool and what we will see in the rest of the Champions League and I don't think Bayern are anywhere near that level at the moment I think that's absolutely right well lots of homework for um, not only Madrid but also I think the Bayern behind the scenes stuff this summer it seems well, Michael, we'll, we'll leave you and we'll, we'll, we'll round up the, um, the conversation about Bayern and Liverpool. But great to have you with us yeah. and always. And yeah, maybe a, sneak a cheeky pint for us um, before you head out from Munich. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll find my way out of the uh, underground car park and to the bar. <laughs> Glamorous indeed. See you soon, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> See you, mate. Cheers, mate. See you, guys. All right. So back to the game then. Yeah. Like Michael said, it, it wasn't a great game in terms of quality, but there were a few really high quality moments especially from Liverpool I mean yeah. Mane's first goal for a start yeah. was absolutely brilliant glorious and I, I compared it to Dennis Bergkamp on Twitter just the first touch the turn the finish to float it in between because he had to get off the ground that's the thing the yeah. finish he knew he had to raise it off the ground um, in order to get that ball home and great composure to chase it down. Mane is always big in these European games. Like he always comes up. The Champions League final. Yeah, he was brilliant. He gets rid of last time when, when Salah had to go off and he just elevated his game. Uh, Salah actually broke quite nicely out wide in the first half. Like he, he pushed the counter-attack well, but when it came to the final third, looked uncertain. And dare I say it, a little bit too selfish in front of the goal. Yeah. I mean, going back to the Mane goal quickly, do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me a little bit of like a goal you might often see at five aside. Right, okay, yeah. You know, yeah. You, when the keeper, keeper tries out. to come out, you know, it depends if you're playing, if you're allowed to go in the box or not. Yeah, of course. But then just that little slight dink to get it over someone into, but still into like one of the low goals. Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant like that shout, kind of trajectory. But, but I think the, the, another moment of really amazing quality was Salah's pass for Mane's second. That was glorious. Which was yeah. interesting because like you were saying before about a little bit too selfish, he had that moment not long before that, I don't think, right, where he went right. on that run and Mane was in loads of space on the left-hand side and he had his head down. End up kind of I think it was almost chance. an anxiety from Salah. And in Salah's defence, there's this anxiety over, you know, the scoring form hasn't been what it was last year. And it's hard to keep to that level. You know, I think he's reverted almost to the mean. But, you know, you just saw the anxiety of like, I've, I've got to get a goal in this match. Mm. And when he took that pressure off himself and just became the playmaker again, which is, you know, it's what he is. He's not a striker. He's a forward. Yeah. He's a creative player. And the beauty of Liverpool's final goal, the third and final goal, was that it was Salah at his best being a playmaker just as much as he can be a finisher. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously Van Dijk's header. Oh my goodness. You had a great tweet about that. He dunked it. He dunked it. I mean, that guy, his vertical, I mean, it was just it just settled the conversation right there and then, didn't it? And his passing as well, Van Dijk's passing from deep. Only very rarely was he exposed on the counter. I think only once did he lose position in a dangerous mm. area. Actually, funny enough, there's a parallel to draw with Frankie de Jong against... Fellow uh, Dutchman. Yeah, fellow Dutchman, again on difficult ground a similarly towering performance and only one notable mistake when he lost possession late yeah. in the game, like Van Dyke. And after the game, I'm sure Van Dyke's such a perfectionist will criticise himself for losing the ball, even though everything else he did was was wonderful. Yeah. Wijnaldum as well, shout for Wijnaldum, who is just, again, part of an he, epic Dutch he's, generation. He's massively underrated, Wijnaldum. He's such a player. He's such a player. Yeah, I really, I really like him, actually. Just punches the ball through those tiny gaps, you know, the sort of like five, ten yard passes yeah. into feet in the final third. 
Very, very handy. It just cleans um, everything Very up. handy player. Amazing. Um, um, from Bayern, though, I think the only real person who comes out of this tie at all with anything, like any kind of pride, I suppose, is probably Serge Gnabry. Good to see an Arsenal player coming up big in Munich. <laughs> Can I say this? And you're right, put some respect on Gnabry's name because he has really taken his opportunity at Bayern. They're a team in transition and he's he's worth his place in the team. Absolutely. He's worth his place, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And actually, I think, you know, him and Kimmich have um, been a really good partnership down that right-hand side for Bayern. Agreed. Huge um, loss for them. So, yeah, so Bayern are out. I think Kovac is under massive pressure now. I think he is. Massive and I wanted pressure. to say, I need to say, because I haven't said the name Jurgen Klopp, I haven't said Jurgen Klopp's name yet. This was a huge victory for Klopp, as much as it was for Liverpool. It came at a time when Liverpool, I think, needed a result of this nature. And the performance, you know, it wasn't the best, but I mean, dragon slaying is never pretty, is it? I mean, yeah. that this was a huge victory, symbolically and, act, and actually for Liverpool. And it was incredibly windy at the Allianz Arena. Oh, uh, yeah, that's got to be mentioned as well. I didn't see that coming. None of us saw that coming. And frankly, a result which gives them so much confidence, hopefully going into the last stretch of the Premier League season. Yeah. Oh, actually, we should probably say, uh, we said we called this as well. We said, yeah. well, I mean, we all reluctantly went for Bayern and we kind of said uh, we'd probably get it wrong and we did. Yeah, and that's I'm happy to be wrong, actually, because yeah. I'm happy to see a team that fights on all fronts. Mm. There was a question that Gary Neville asked Klopp about like having to sort of maybe prioritise other tournaments, but... Gary Neville himself as a player never did that. Gary Neville, when United won the treble, fought on all fronts. Mm. And Liverpool know that to have a strong title challenge, you have to have a strong European challenge. And actually, very disappointing and surprisingly disappointing performances from Bayern and Atleti this week. I think on Monday, if if someone had told me that's how it was going to play out, I would have been very surprised to have seen that. I think they were both very underwhelming. Do you know what it was that really got me about the performances of both these teams? Fear. And I, yeah. I was critical of Thiago Alcantara against Liverpool at Anfield. I know a lot of, you know, eminent critics disagreed with me on that and they praised Thiago's performance. But I just actually, I, I still stand by it. I don't think Thiago's passing was ambitious enough in that first leg. I think Bayern caused themselves real problems by coming away with nothing. And I think that, that was proven because if you come back to the Allianz Arena, a goal to the good, then you make Liverpool come on the front foot and then you kill them with a counter. Mm. And I think they set themselves up for failure. If you look at the two legs, what has to be a harsh indictment for Bayern wasn't that they lost, it's the way they lost. And that is why Bayern fans were leaving early, I think. Because the team, when it came down to it, you know, for all the big wins in the Bundesliga recently, when it came down to it, they looked overwhelmed. Yeah. And as a result of that, we have eight teams going into the last stage, none of whom looked afraid. Yeah, and it's a really interesting draw, I think. It's going to be a very interesting draw. I think it's on Friday, right? Before we go... Uh, Women's Super League was back oh, fantastic. after international break and it was a big night Chelsea and Manchester City were both playing away both won both scored four Chelsea ladies beat Liverpool 4-0 in Liverpool Manchester City beat Reading 4-3 which means well Manchester City only have five games left Chelsea only have five games left Manchester City are top with 41 points still unbeaten how the, close is it? well Arsenal are second 36 points, but they have three games in hand. Ooh. So they're five points behind with three games in hand. That's almost... That's a dangerous You'd rather project. almost kind of have the points maybe, right? Especially, I mean, as we spoke with Susie Rack a couple of weeks ago, you know, Arsenal have been it's struggling with injuries. Ahead. It's always better to have the points on the table. Yeah. I think, you know. um, and then Chelsea are one point behind Arsenal in third. But um, yeah, Arsenal have not played yet ahead of recording. They're at home to Bristol City. So a win will take them two points behind Manchester City with two games in hand, which looks a little bit more comfy. But um, Chasing pack. Uh, I think that's uh, going to be streamed on Facebook. 
actually oh, that fantastic. game yeah, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the women's games. super league stuff is streamed free on facebook a lot of it so option. yeah check that out that'd be worth it Good um times. also probably by the time you listen to this the next rabona selects will be up I'm not yes. telling you who it is i'm not telling you musa who it is that's brutal oh I'm you deprived. know I'll I'm tell you hang on one second i'm going to turn the mic off I've just been told who it is and I'm freaking out. <laughs> yes, that's a great choice. And the music choice for the next Rabona Selects is brilliant. I've been it's listening. Fun. I actually had a sneak preview of this one and I've been listening to that song on repeat for the last day and a half. Have you? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's Aww. unbelievable. Well, I hope people like it. And then um, you and me will be back on Monday. That's right, we will be. Michael won't be here. He'll be yeah, yeah. indisposed. He'll be indisposed. Anything In the meantime, else true? No, I think I'm good. I think You're I'll good? finish off my beverage and disappear into the night. Oh, well. You have you do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, we're on at Rabonamag, all social media handles. Find us there. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you can. It's so helpful, preferably with as many stars as you can find. Seven if you can, <laughs> five if you can't. And yeah, thank you so much, and we'll catch you soon.